Welcome to This Week in South Carolina. I'm Charles Pierbauer. The South Carolina General Assembly, with time waning in its legislative session, is still trying to cut the rates the energy utility SCENG, or its parent SCANA, can charge for its abandoned nuclear power project. Governor McMaster has vowed to veto anything that doesn't cut the nuclear payments to zero. The state's utility regulator won't make final decisions on how the project is ultimately paid for until the end of this year. Yet despite delays and indecision, Dominion Energy, the Virginia-based utility giant, remains in the market for a multi-billion dollar purchase of the South Carolina utility SCANA. The deal could eventually depend on what the legislator and the governor decide to do. We're joined today by Dan Weekly. He's vice president and general manager of Southern Pipeline Operations for Dominion Energy. We invited SCANA to participate in this week's discussion. SCANA declined, saying not at this time. Mr. Weekly, thank you very much for, for being with us. There's uh, a lot to this proposal that Dominion has made, the offer. Uh, there's a lot of complicated uh, activity going on two blocks from here at the, at the State House. Uh, but your offer, Clearly, your, your presence here demonstrates that Dominion's offer is still on the table. Dominion is still interested in acquiring SCANA. Has anything changed in any dimension from the, the first proposal that was laid out? Well, first of all, again, thanks uh, for the opportunity to be here and the invitation. So, no, we've been interested in South Carolina and specifically SCANA for a long time. Um, we, we have, people are surprised to find that Dominion has invested about $750 million in South Carolina over the last three years. That's everything from our natural gas pipeline operations that are across the state, about 32 counties. People are really surprised to find that we actually built and operate the largest solar facility in the state down in Jasper County, which is more than a thousand acres of nothing but solar panels. Would you like to do more solar? <laughs> we are interested in more solar in South Carolina. In we absolutely are. In spite are. of some uh, legislative efforts to limit solar? We actually have not been in dealing with anything in the legislature other than our, our interest in SCANA. So there's been a lot of discussions about Santee Cooper, solar, public service commission makeup, what should the board of Santee Cooper look like? We've not been involved in any no, of those. We've been focused on, on that. On Dominion Absolutely. and SCANA, that's the issue. But, but I, I will tell you, you said it exactly right. Um, I, I've been in the energy business more than 25 years. This is one of the most complicated issues I have ever seen because you know, when you think about what, what happened up in Jenkinsville in Fairfield County, you know, it, it's gonna go down as you know, basically one of the largest failed projects in utility history. And, and I think one of the things that always gets lost in this is certainly SCANA could have done things differently, Santee Cooper could have done things differently, but let's not forget their largest vendor failed them and failed the state of South Carolina. There, there's no argument that Westinghouse this didn't do it. Westinghouse, yes. Yeah. But I think when, we, when you, you talk about how complicated it is, we, we break everything down in kind of four buckets. And, and I list the buckets as the customers. Customers are mad. I mean, that they are realistically probably going to have to pay something for, for a project for the many years that have will never been be off. paying something Absolutely. for, continue Abs to pay, Absolutely. and are likely to keep paying. Absolutely. Because you just, you know, the money has been spent. It's, you know, the, they, people, you know, there's a lot of numbers that float around. But SCANA has invested about $4.9 billion in Jenkinsville. So that's, or, uh, of course, specifically units two and units three. So I always think of the customers one. Group number two is the employees. More than 5,000 SCANA employees and people have been saying, you know, bad things about them and others, and, and that's very regrettable. You know, all good employees, good workers, live in the communities, do all the right things. So that's kind of group two. 
Group three is the, the folks that you just referenced, the legislators, regulators, who are trying to figure out a way to navigate through all this and look for that silver bullet as a way for it to get out. If there's an easy way out, we haven't thought of it. And I'll tell you what, we've been thinking about this for a long time. So I, I'm sympathetic to them because they are truly trying to do that. I, I think the one group that's always kind of, it's kind of coming to the forefront now, but it's always been out there, is the shareholders of SCANA. Um, SCANA has a very interesting articles of incorporation. Any action from SCANA, from their board, uh, excuse me, from their shareholders, requires a two-thirds majority not a 51% as typical with most corporations. But most of the shareholders of SCANA don't live in South Carolina. So back to, I'm sure we're gonna talk about Dominion's offer in a second. So you've got shareholders who want share, more shareholder value, and then you've got the customers who want more customer value. So there's, uh, as the saying goes, there's arrows so where, coming in from both is, sides. Where is, and where is SCANA's primary responsibility to the shareholders or to the customers? You know, they'll, SCANA that, can speak for that, themselves. That's a Hobson's choice, but. It, it is, I mean, but remember at the end of the day, SCANA is a public service company. They have to serve the public, but the shareholders technically own the company. So uh, there's no easy answer to and that. And arguably the shareholders have continued to be compensated through this whole process. Uh, there's been no diminishment of, of the shareholders' uh, returns on, on their, don't the shareholders, take an inherent risk when they buy a share of stock? Just with, Why just, should they keep getting these big, but rather substantial amounts when the customers, and I'm one, I suppose you are too probably, absolutely. Uh, when the customers are continuing to pay for something they'll never get? So it's, it's a, it's, that's kind of the crux of the issue with the legislature as you, as you work through that. So there are, there are two sides of that, of course, and SCANA, again, should answer these questions for themselves. Um, I think you're referring to the dividend payments yes. because when it comes to shareholder value, the shareholders have been taking a beating. You know, when you look at what their shareholder value was in the last 16, 18 months, it was about $75 a share. You know, it's now trading at about $36. So in essence, yes. they have lost half of the value that they have in the company. It has not impacted dividends. You're exactly right. But and, overall and the, value. And does it impact the, the uh, uh, per share price that Dominion is offering? Yeah. You're, you're offering 55 something? Mm -mm. No, that, sir. Has it changed? Oh, no. If in the merger agreement is a multiplier, on the day the agreement is done, it's based purely on Dominion stock value, not on SCANA stock value. You're right, on the day that we announced it, that would have been the multiplier. But based on all the actions of some other things, you know, Dominion stock has been taken quite a dip over this and some other issues. Um, if you base that on yesterday's stock value, it's about $44.50 a share. So both yours, Dominion's, and SCANA's uh, share values are down. Yes. Does that, that get you a better deal? No, absolutely not. It's going to cost you less. Uh, when you think about what's going to happen here is Dominion's asking the question is why is our stock coming down? Look, there's analysts on both sides of this. There are some analysts that says Dominion's getting a great deal and there are other analysts that says why is Dominion getting involved into an issue that it's kind of a, my dad always referred to these as porcupine issues. They stick why it right is, the ground. Why is Dominion getting involved in a porcupine issue? I, we have always had interest in South Carolina. We that. believe that South Carolina, this is a long-term investment. We probably won't know if this is a good investment for us for, you know, eight, in, ten in, years. Independent of, of the, the VC summer plant, you were interested in, in South Carolina. We were. As, as, and that's 
part of your job description is to find uh, growth opportunities here in, in the southeast. We, we've used South Carolina as, a, as on a good upward trend for economic development. It has had a very good run over the years, and we believe that will continue. I will tell you, though, um, our deal is predicated on that. If the economy would level off or go down, this, you know, maybe this wasn't as good as a move as we think it's going to be. It is one of the factors that uh, SCANA's got just about the highest utility rates in the region? Is when, that a cash cow? When or you look at South Carolina's territory specifically, and when you look at SCANA, when you look at the growth areas that they've had, good manufacturing growth here you know, in the, in the Midlands region, very good growth down in the Cooper River area around Charleston. So we, we see those as very good areas. We actually see it, another opportunity in South Carolina, and that's expanding their local distribution company when it comes to natural gas. What's that it, mean? Well, it's because that's when they serve gas to your home. Mm -hmm. Dominion does not serve individual homeowners here, but yet when you see the growth, like in the Horry County area, they serve only natural gas in the Myrtle Beach area. They have a very good footprint here. So would Dominion also be interested in Santee Cooper? You know, we looked at Santee Cooper at the governor's request and at the legislative leaders last year, and, and we're on record of saying we looked at it for a couple months. When you look at the debt level of Santee Cooper, they have more than $8 billion in debt. And we came back and said, look, we, we cannot see a way how Santee Cooper could be sold that wasn't an additional burden to the taxpayers or other in increases. Maybe some one of the other companies could figure out a way to do that, but we've basically walked away from that, or step back is a better way of saying that, but probably be, October. Dominion would be acquiring debt in, in the SCANA purchase too. Yes, we would. It's about, what, four or five billion? It is, and when you look at it though, more customers, Santee Cooper's an interesting mix. They have about 125,000 residential customers primarily in the Myrtle Beach area and then down again through Georgetown and then down into the outside of Charleston area. That's their, that is their residential footprint. The rest of those is primarily industrial customers. And then a big piece of Santee Cooper is they provide the, the biggest portion of the electricity for the co-ops. The co-ops buy their generation through Santee Cooper. Uh, I want to come back to something that, that was within the question I asked earlier and that that is why SCANA's rates are so much higher than most utilities seem to be? Yeah, well, one of the challenges is, we kind of started on this just a couple minutes ago, is when you look at SCANA's balance sheet, they, they, have, they are in a very weakened position. So they pay a very high interest rate for everything that they do. So this is what there's been so much discussion about two of the three rating agencies have listed them as below investment grade, as others, some people refer to it as junk bond status. Mm -hmm. So what, when they go out and get capital every year, what they do is they go out and basically finance that. They're paying extremely high rates for that. So it, it's really not all that different if you, as an individual, if you have a challenge hist credit history, you're going to pay a much higher rate for that. And, and the reason they have a bad credit rating? They are stretched very thin, obviously because of what happened to VC Summer. When you look at their overall market value based on then how much they've invested in their plant, they are stretched thin. Let's, let's take a minute to talk about what's been happening in, uh, in the, the legislature. Uh, uh, currently, SCE&G customers pay 18% of their mm -hmm. electric bill uh, towards the VC Summer costs. Now, the, the Senate has voted to reduce that to 5%. Mm -hmm. 
So dropping from 18 percent, dropping down 13 percent to 5 percent of their bill. The House uh, just this week voted to go to zero mm -hmm. uh, rather than, than accept the Senate's 5 percent. Uh, they can still resolve that in conference because that's what the budget has to do. Whether or not they will remains to be seen. Governor McMaster has said zero or I will veto it. How do you, how do you as, as the potential purchaser look upon this, this toing and froing in, uh, in the legislature, given the fact that you're going to be taking on a, a lot of debt and a lot of responsibilities, you still want to collect from, from, uh, from the ratepayers? Yeah, and, and, and again, I'm going to come back again. I, all the credit goes to the legislator, both in the House and the Senate, and of course the governor, as they try to navigate through this. We have said this from the time that we announced our, our offer for SCAN on January 3rd. There is no way we see to get all the customers' money back that they have invested, that they, as you indicated, have been paying over these years, because the money has already been spent. Our proposal, when we talked about, is we said everybody wants to talk about the refund piece of that. And, and yes, everybody who is an, a customer for behind SENG on the electric side, not Santee Cooper or one of the co-ops, but if you're an electric customer behind, behind Scana, you would get a refund from us. And the way to calculate that is if your average electric bill over the course of the year is about $150 a month, you'll get a $1,000 check from us. Um, if, if your average electric bill is uh, $300 a month, you're going to get $2,000. So there's no cap on it? Nope, there's no cap. And then, the, but of course the door swings the other way. So if your bill is $75 a month, you're going to get $500. So it is. And we've got some customers that are going to get tens of thousands in refunds. Their electric bills are that high for a residential customer. We have one industrial, and I say we, it's Scana, has one industrial customer um, that's going to get over $23 million. Should you treat industrial customers the same as your residential customers? You know, what we've said on that topic is we have said in our filings, and of course this is all public information to the, you know, to the state, we've said, look, here is this pool of money, and those allocations of cost, is we came up with that exactly the way the Public Service Commission allocates costs now. Now, if the Public Service Commission or ORS, or even the legislature, wants to reallocate those refunds, as long as it doesn't exceed the amount, we're totally fine with. That's totally up to them. But there's two other pieces, I guess three other pieces, that people have kind of glazed over in our offer. For, the second piece is we will reduce everyone's rates by 7% uh, when the deal is done. And that's the total rate. You referenced the 18% of the people's bill is nuclear, mm -hmm. the cost. Um, we're talking 7% off of everybody's total rate. We'll so come down. let's use a, a workable number here. $100 okay. kind of works pretty, pretty mm -hmm. well. So if, if my bill were $100, 18 bucks of that goes for the nuclear plant mm -hmm. currently. Um, if if the, uh, the legislature and the governor get their way, uh, that would go to zero. So I would now be paying, what, $82? Except you don't get the refund. There's no, there's no proposal out there that, except for ours, that will okay. put money back in everybody's pocket. And and on your seven percent cut, you're going to cut my hundred dollars down to ninety three dollars. Correct. Okay, so now I'm looking at ninety three and eighty two. I, I granted there are other variables in there. I, I mean, I, I I did a little playing with the numbers. Looking, my most recent SCENG bill was two hundred and seventy eight dollars. Okay. Uh, Eighteen percent of that is conveniently fifty dollars. Okay. Uh, over twelve months, that means that's six hundred dollars that that I would. Uh, not pay if the governor gets his way. Um, 
you would you would cut me down seven percent, so I'd, that would be do the math. That eighty-four dollars, mm -hmm. uh, and and I, I th this is terribly imprecise. Even if 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 based on on the numbers you just said, even if my rebate were two thousand rather than one thousand, within four within five years, I would have pretty much amortized that, and I'm going to keep paying under your offer for twenty years. Mm -hmm. Um, you will keep it under our offer for eight years. It's flat for eight years, and then it starts gra gradually going down every year until it's totally eliminated. So it's not the same amount over those 20 years. It's difficult for anyone to kind of lay out a track because there, there are these multiple factors Absolutely. here. But argue, arguably, it, it could be six of one and half a dozen of another, or it could be some slight advantage one way or the other, but nobody's going to be terribly happy, and, and no one's going to have a particularly good handle on it. What I really want to know is, is there a, is there a point where there's a deal breaker here? Yeah, and and we've said from the very beginning that the the one thing is any changes that the legislature does that materially changes the value of Scana or its revenue stream is quote unquote a walk away option for Dominion. We'll have to evaluate it. So a a zero rate taking off the 18% for the VC summer plant, is that a walk away? Well, the, the way to think about this is, and, and we haven't talked about this at length yet, but, but the piece that you talked about that the House did and the Senate you know, in the last week, remember, that's only for six months. Right. So it is a very short-term deal for that. And the issue that comes down to that is it sets a precedent. And that's why you've seen the business community kind of pushing back against this. This says, wait a minute, we have a regulatory process via the Public Service Commission and ORS walking through. That's where the folks can get in, people can get involved and intervene and say it should be X or it should be Y or anything else. There is a process and it's nothing against the Senate or the House as they work through this, but stepping outside of a process to come up with some rate, whether it's defendable or not defendable, it is a very interesting road for South Carolina to go through because South Carolina has always prided itself on being a pro-business state. And when you kind of go outside the process, because there was no process, that, that's concerning. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. The Public Service Commission has to rule by December. And, and so whatever the legislature does now is, is only that temporary fix. So is, is Dominion quite content to ride this out till December? Um, I will say it this way. Dominion's offer is the only one that's on the table that gives a permanent solution and brings the stability back to basically a third of the state that is not there now. We hear these stories all the time about people on economic development, about big economic development projects that are turning away from South Carolina because of this instability. That's what everybody wants. That's what you want in your bill. I live quarter mile from here. I want it in my bill as well. Everybody wants that predictability and stability. And it's even more important for businesses that want to locate here, that want to spend hundreds of millions, if, if not billions of dollars to build facilities. If, if I read between the lines, are, are you saying that as far as Dominion is concerned, what the legislature does for this interim six-month period is less consequential than what the Public Service Commission rules in December? It's a very big deal, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. And, uh, and you're obviously following the process day to day as well as, you, as your viewers. The issue becomes three of the seven 
public service commissioners are going to be reappointed and are going through that process now and are being interviewed and will be basically voted upon by the legislature. So people can easily see if the legislature is the one who puts the public service commissioners in place and almost half of the commission is going to be new and the legislature just gets done voting on a rate increase even though they said it it's temporary, it certainly sends a precedent, precedent and sends the signal to the commissioners where they think the rate should what be. What signal does that send to Dominion? Um, it sends that um, it, it's a pretty tough spot because first of all, how, even the reports that have been out about SCANA of late that talk about they could sustain this, it always says it, they can remain solvent for a short period of time. It doesn't say how long and then it goes into kind of great detail about how they can cut other costs that I, I question whether that's a good path for South Carolina to go down. So let's stick with the Public Service Commission. If, if, if the rates are not the 7 percent that Dominion is proposing, is that a walk away point? You know, we're going we're gonna to evaluate all those, and I'm not trying to avoid the question. We're going to sit there and look at this. Any material change is something that we're going to have to take a look at. I would just say this. Um, Dominion, as we've stated, we're very interested in South Carolina. We have pushed the numbers really hard to make this work. Uh, I will also tell you, does it work for everybody, every customer out there? No, because I just don't know how to get everybody's customers, all the customers' money back that have invested for this. But I find it very interesting that you know this has been front page in, in South Carolina since July of last year. Kind of the, the whole nation is kind of watching this, but yet Dominion is the only one that has stepped forward to, uh, to make an offer here. There are other energy companies that certainly are watching this. If they thought they could beat Dominion's deal, you would have thought they would already put an offer on the table. Well, have you, have you kind of pushed them out of the picture? I think we've probably done that by being aggressive and putting a big number out there and about doing that. We have others who continue to say, well, maybe somebody else would put an, you know, another offer on the table. Well, what's the point of that? If they can't beat Dominion's offer, why would they put an offer out there? Is there anything that precludes that? I know you want to raise that point. No. I think that's one of the things that people... It's, it's not a closed deal. Your offer doesn't bar anyone else. Absolutely from, not. Now, yeah. if, if another company, we've been hearing this for months and months and months, if another company wanted to put another offer on the table, they could have done that yesterday, they could do it today, or they could do it two weeks from now. They have, there is nothing to preclude somebody else from doing that. That gives the Dominion the latitude of waiting this thing out, too, doesn't it? Well, I mean, look, I, I think when you say waiting it out, Customers want this issue resolved. They want the lower rates and they want their money back. You know, we, we have teams that are going out doing everything from rotary meetings to economic development to church groups, anything else. Yes, you've been spending millions of dollars for television ads. Uh -huh. Absolutely. you got to get the message out. What's the buy on those? Do you know? How much have you spent on television ads? Uh, we reported that to the state. It's somewhere like it's three or four million dollars. Yeah. And now that includes development costs Compared and everything else. Compared to $14 billion else. that you'd be willing to pay for Scanner, that's, that's not a whole lot. But, it, but, it, but it's a pretty evident that you want this deal to come through. Oh, we absolutely do. If we weren't serious about South Carolina, we would not have spent as much money as we have over these years, and we would have not stepped into this briar patch. We don't know what the legislature is going to do yet, so we'll let that piece sit for a, for a short period of time. Uh, it's a matter of weeks. They do have to take some action. Uh, meanwhile, as we say, the state attorney general has filed a circuit court motion 
essentially saying that the Baseload Review Act that started this process years ago is unconstitutional. And, and as, as I read it, that could trigger an effort to collect or roll back uh, all, all that SCENG has collected so far, several billion dollars. If that were to happen, then what? I, same position. That's that's a that would be a, a very material change. That and would be a cost that would fall to Dominion if you acquired it. And and, and then once again, uh, an, an act that serious, uh, I struggle to see how the deal would, would go would, forward. What would Dominion do to change Scanner to make it a more efficient? operation? Well, the first thing that's going to happen is, we talked about it, because our credit is so much better, you know, because the value, when, when SCAN has got to go out, they have to roll that into the rate. So long term, you know, we, we see that as a better scenario. I think the one, there are two points that we haven't talked about yet. First of all, nobody ever wants to seem to talk about this $1.7 billion that SCAN has invested at Jenkinsville that's not in your rates today. Now, under the law, they have the right to go and seek recovery, and I'm not in any way saying that the commission and, would and, grant that. And that is for what? The equipment and, and mm -hmm. other things that are the yes? Yeah. So that's not in the rates today. So under the Dominion proposal, the Dominion shareholders, that's all part of the deal. We basically take that responsibility we've on. A, we've got one minute left. You said you had two points. So, so we, we, would just, we, we just uh, we eliminate that moving forward. Okay? Okay. The other piece of that is we would freeze everyone's rates for the next three years and then go back to the normal process after that. So it's not people say that, you know, could rates go up and go down in, in three years? They could, but it basically returns it to that normal process. So that three years is stability customers are looking for. My last question in the 20 seconds. It's a political year. Governor McMaster appears not to be particularly Dominion's friend. Is there anybody in the political process you think is? You know, as we work through this, it's it's back to they, they've got to do what they think is best for the constituents at home. We're respectful of the process and we're going to keep talking about the facts and the politics will work itself out. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate getting Dominion's perspective on this. Our thanks to uh, uh, Dominion's Energy Vice President, Dominion Energy's Vice President, Dan Weekly, for sharing his company's views with us. We will, as you might expect, continue to keep our eye on developments regarding the state's utilities and the legislature. As always, our thanks to you for your time and your interest. From the Kennedy Greenhouse Studio here on the campus of the University of South Carolina and for SCE-TV, I'm Charles Beardman.